In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. You know, the covenant and sanctity of marriage, one may think of the meanings behind the words forever or for better or worse or sickness and in health and a host of others. But what meaning do these terms have when you're staring directly in the face of divorce? Divorce can have an absolute damaging effect on everything and everyone in a separated couple's universe. This topic usually brings up conversations of who gets the house uh, or shared parenting and more, but do we consider our own mental state during and after a divorce? How do we now validate ourselves, remove any feelings of regret and guilt to move on and living a functional, purposeful life? My special guest is an international motivational trainer and certified transformation and confidence coach. She helps people create a plan for navigating through their divorce or separation. Her upcoming book, Divorce Bucket List, is available October 14th and covers a powerful journey of self-discovery and healing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Jennifer Harris to the show. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hey, Aubrey. I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, thank you. We reciprocate. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come chat with us and learn about this because, you know, divorce, it's, it's an unfortunate truth, but it's, it's, it's very, it's very prevalent. I mean, it, 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 you know, and it's, and it's common and there's lots of layers to, uh, to, to a divorce, regardless of how long the marriage was, as I'm sure, you know, and, 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 and so there's, there's so much to unpack. There's so many layers that can just go un touched, you know, um, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to um, going down that path of separation. So uh, let's start with your journey, if you don't mind, uh, if you can share with the listeners where you're from, what was life for Jennifer growing up and, and were your parents married throughout your childhood? Sure, absolutely. So uh, I'm actually from a town and grew up born and raised right outside of Gettysburg. It's funny because I'm laughing because it's called Littlestown. It yeah. is not called Littlestown because of what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> it had one stoplight as I was growing up and we didn't even have a McDonald's until I graduated from high school. So very wow. small town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Farms all around, but I wouldn't trade mm. it for the world. It was, it was fun. So nice. my parents are still married. Wonderful. Um, yeah. They are. And they always set that, that role for me, that marriage was forever. Even if you have your struggles, right. Even if right. you hit roadblocks or you go through traumatic things together, for mm -hmm. example, my parents went through the loss of a child. Mm -hmm. And so to stick together through something like that really says a lot. And so they set up this thing for me that marriage is one in it's a one-time and done deal. Nothing breaks it apart. Right. And so I actually went to college in Westchester, PA, mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And when I graduated, I got a job in and still where I reside. So I got a job here. And so I kind of stuck around, obviously, for that job. And that's mm -hmm. where I met my now ex-husband. So at the time we met in May, right. uh, the year after I graduated, mm -hmm. we were, <laughs> we were engaged by August living together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Living to, and listen, that works for some people, right? Well, of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but we were living together by September and pregnant by the end of that month. So it was a whirlwind mm -hmm. and we were very, very, very young. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing to say here, isn't that the problem was in that we were young, nor was it that we got married so quickly. Right. I think both of us had a lot of childhood trauma and things that we brought from our past that we didn't deal with. Right. And we brought that into the relationship. And so, uh, we, we had two beautiful sons. Mm -hmm. Uh, they are, geez, I'm a great mom. They're now 12 and nine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. How old were they? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. No, he's turning nine. See turning nine. Okay. Hey, turning nine. That's close Next enough. Month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they, they are absolutely amazing children, but we had them and there was a point throughout the, the marriage where, you know, I found out that my now ex-husband battles with addiction and I don't want to mm. get too much into that because that's his right. story to share, right. Right. but you can imagine the additional baggage that brought in to the marriage on top of ours. Oh, sure. That we already had. Yeah. And so, you know, we started having a lot of problems The, you know, my resentment was really bad and the relationship just got very toxic. So uh, obviously ended up in him deciding to get a divorce because like I said, my parents set this, this model for me, that marriage is forever, no matter what you figure it out, you get right. through it. Right. And so uh, it was very devastating for me, even though I knew it was for the better in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. I knew that where we were wasn't healthy. It mm -hmm. was still devastating. And so in 2019, he f officially filed for divorce after about nine months of separation. Okay. And that's kind of the beginning of my journey. I see. I see. Wow. Man, that is uh, that is a whirlwind, like like you like you mentioned, you know for sure, and um, and 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 you know when you grow up with the virtues and the importance of marriage being forever, one and done, you find your soulmate, your life mate, and 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 that's how you're raised, and then you know being married and having to go through this divorce, knowing it was right. I'm sure that had to be, that had to, 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 to lend some degree of trauma um, to you, I would think right now, let me ask you this. Um, while, while, while we recognize his addiction, his, his problem, his story, okay. Um, may have been the, the focal point or the pivotal reason for the decision, okay, that doesn't mean it made you feel any better, uh, did it? Or, 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 or were you thinking, well, I'm okay, he's the one with the problem, and we're getting divorced. I mean, there had to have been some degree of, 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 of self-doubt or uncertainty that you've had. Um, can you walk us through that? Yeah, so 
definitely while I was in the marriage, I thought Mm -hmm. that all of the problems centered around his addiction. However, as I stepped outside of it and it's, it's very hard to have perspective when you're inside of something, right? So I always like to give the analogy of having a group picture taken. Mm -hmm. If you're in a group picture with 20 people and the photographer is taking the picture of you, you can only see what's in your peripheral vision. And you're only really aware of what you're doing and what you can see immediately around you. Mm -hmm. The photographer sees the whole picture. So they could advise you, hey, maybe move your arm this way because you're blocking that person, right? Right. You you don't know that. And sometimes you don't listen, right? Just like Mm -hmm. when (laughs) you're in a marriage. Yeah, (laughs) it's so true. (laughs) So when you get the picture developed though, and you look at the picture, you get to see, oh, that person's hair's a little out of place. I didn't know that. Or that person was laughing instead of smiling, or that person's eyes were closed. You get the full perspective of what was really going on, but inside of it, you were only aware of your immediate surroundings and your reality and your perspective. So my marriage was a lot like that. Uh, when, when I found out about his battle, Uh, with addiction, I ended up actually, that was about five years before we did get a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so I had gone and talked to a lawyer and, you know, kind of decided that our kids were so young. And like I said, marriage was really sacred to me. So I decided to try to stick it out, but I didn't get the help that I needed to Mm -hmm. be a partner for someone that was recovering. Right. So I had a lot of resentment and it just compiled over the years very terribly. Mm -hmm. And it became this toxic cycle of behavior between the two of us. And so while I was in the marriage, I did not think I didn't address any of my childhood stuff. Like I have abandonment issues because of dealing with death very young. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my, my grandfather and my little brother passed away three days apart when I was five. So that kind of stuff will create things for you. And, you know, all kinds, we all have childhood stuff, right? We all have baggage. Well, my own baggage, I never dealt with. And so I brought all of that into the marriage. So I had, I didn't realize it at the time, but the resentment was building. It became toxic. When we finally separated, I was able to look and say, wow, here are all the things wrong with me. Cause I was kind of forced towards, towards counseling and mm-hmm. self-healing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of how traumatic of an experience it was and, and where I found myself. And I was able to say, wow, here's how I was behaving and here's what I did wrong and here's what I need to fix. But inside of it, you sometimes only see the fault of the other partner, right? Right. But it was kind of a blessing that I was able to step outside and say, hold on, I have room to improve here. I get to be a better person now too and grow into a better version of myself and figure out my stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's a phrase some, some people use or say, um, when you're, when you're too close to something, you don't, you don't see the big picture, right? Uh, you don't see the, the, the full story. Um, and, uh, and, and, and when, you know, that analogy you use of, of, of the group photo, you know, that, that, that says it all right there. The photographer sees everything and having the self-awareness that you've had, Jennifer, Uh, to reflect and to hold yourself accountable for the things that, you know, that, that you may have 
came up short on or 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 you know weren't quite as attentive in one area i was an awful other. wife i was an awful wife okay for a while mm. there we can just say okay. that <laughs> okay All it's right. okay we don't have to tiptoe around it i okay. will take ownership I, it was a broken marriage all around. I was not great. And I am not proud of all of my behavior in that marriage. I'll but own that's it. That's where the healing starts though, right? I yes. mean, you have to acknowledge it and you do, you held yourself accountable for, you know, we all must do this for what, for, for what we own in, in the whole event. Right. And, and, and so, you know, I mean, I have to commend you. I mean, for, for, for having, you know, that, 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 that strength in vulnerability to make yourself vulnerable so that you can reflect and hold yourself accountable and look, take that tough look in the mirror and say, okay, this is, this is what I'm responsible for. Right. And, and again, like I said, that's where the, that's where the healing, the healing starts. So um, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the work you do. Okay. And, in, in helping others uh, navigate through their, um, through their, their, their situations. Um, what are some of the common things that your clients would say that they, oh, I don't know, that they wish they'd done differently or um, have they made um, any, any type of, um, I don't want to say regrets, not regrets, but, but things that they think they could have done differently in, in, you know, um, when, when talking with you and helping navigate? Yeah, I would say that in general, there mm -hmm. are typically three themes that come up okay. that people might look back and say, I wish I did this differently Yeah, when, when they're going through divorce. And the first one is a lot of people, and listen, I, I like to say that this is, I, sometimes I call it a mistake, like don't do this, but it's almost unavoidable. It's yeah. just more like be aware that this is going to happen so you can yeah. get it under control as soon as possible, but mm -hmm. letting your emotions lead the way. Mm -hmm. So emotions like fear, anger, sadness, guilt, they easily overcome our logic and rag rational thinking. And so when you start going through a traumatic experience like divorce, it's very easy to feel those emotions. It's natural to feel those, those emotions. You just have to find a way. And normally that's through having a counselor, a coach, a mentor, a great support system of family and friends, find a way to con take control back of your emotions as soon as possible. Mm. The second common theme that I see is that people often have unrealistic or fear-based expectations as they go into the divorce. Okay. So instead of going into the divorce and thinking, again, thinking rationally that, all right, here's, cause if, okay, if you get in a car and you're gonna drive somewhere, you can't get somewhere unless you know where you're going and how you're gonna get there. Right. So if I wanna go to Disney, cause I love Disney, as you can see, <laughs> if I, if I want to go to Disney, I can't get in my car and say, Hmm, I don't know where to go today and just start driving around and end up there. I have to say, I'm going to Disney, turn on my maps navigation and get there. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with a divorce. You have to know what you want out of it. You have to know what your desired outcome is. Even mm -hmm. you might not want to go through this divorce, but sometimes right. you don't have a choice. And no matter what that desired outcome is, you have to map it out. You have to identify what it is yeah. instead of going in 
with these fear-based expectations that, oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And then you'd get frozen in place and you don't move anywhere. So it helps again to have that support system and that discipline to outline what you want, whether that's a road to reconnecting one day with your partner, you know, healing and reconnecting, or maybe it's a road to rebuilding an entirely separate life from them where you're completely thriving again. Right. Right. Yeah. And then the last one is goes hand in hand with that really is just not having a plan at all. Mm -hmm. Often because of those, uh, because of the emotions and because of the fear-based expectations, people often lack having a plan. And like I said, you need a plan in order to move forward. So that's really where, you know, having someone that can work with you to help you outline and that, that knows how to get things done, knows the importance of goals and action plans and how they work to actually get to what you want is really helpful because a lot of the times people go into it and it's like a whirlwind, like the Tasmanian devil just landed in your, your, right. your house, you know, who's yeah. going to live here and, and who's getting custody and here's right. a dog. Who's having, who's, who gets the dog? You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. So yeah. you have to take a step back and reassess the situation and assess what you want so mm-hmm. that you can figure out how to get it. I got you. You know, that, that touches on my next question. And, uh, and to some degree, I think, I think you actually answered it. Um, we, we, we mentioned earlier that divorce uh, can be incredibly painful, right. Um, for all involved. And um, that pain can lead to dangerous circumstances uh, if it's not managed properly. Right. So uh, I was, I was wondering what that looked like for you with your clients um, who, um, who are at the stage where, you know, there's a layer and that first layer is just the pain and devastation, right? Before, before talking, I, I would imagine, I mean, and I'm asking, um, before discussing a strategy or, or strategic thinking towards how we navigate through this, what you want out of this, um, uh, is, is there a, a level of work that you must do to work with that person to get through the layer of the emotions, right? The pain and devastation, uh, you know, and once that's kind of ironed out or at least in control and managed, then we can talk about the plan and the navigation. Yeah. So that's where I normally work, would work hand in hand. It's like a partnership with a counselor. So okay, okay. a coach and what I do is not really to be substituted for counseling. And here's what the difference really is, is A counselor is someone that's going to help you identify and dig into emotions Mm -hmm. and give you tools and exercises to sometimes resolve those emotions. A coach is going to be somebody that is more action-based to get you towards where you want. If you think about it this way, when it comes to emotions is I like to think about, I love my analogies. I like to think (laughs) about a football, football team, right? So you have the coach, Mm -hmm. Aubrey, who's your, who's your favorite football team? Dallas Cowboys. Okay, you've got the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> well, you don't like the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I'm about to just talk about someone being really emotional and just the oh, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of a contrast there. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, you've got the Dallas Cowboys and okay. you have their coach. And let's say the quarterback, who is it this year? I don't, I don't even know. Dak Prescott. Okay. Dak. 
So Dak just had a fight with his best friend or lover or something right before the game. So he's on the, the, he's coming into his game and he is emotional. He wants to cry. He wants to throw things. He is not focused on the game. The coach is there on the sideline to get him back in the game, to give him plans to make the next moves, to figure out how to get to the winning situation in, in this game. Right. Right. And to keep the emotions, keep the emotions under check and give a little bit of tough love, come up with a plan and get to the goal. So that's kind of what the coaching side of this is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I, I can't really talk to my clients darkest moments, but I can talk to mine. And, um, as I was starting and it kind of explains why I got into coaching, but as I was starting to go through the divorce, like at this point, it had just become such a toxic relationship that I didn't feel like there, there was an escape, especially because like I said, I didn't see divorce as a true option, a real option for me. And so I felt trapped and, uh, there was a point where this was before he filed. So, uh, it was, it was a little bit before we actually started the divorce talks, but I got to a point where I actually, uh, was at my parents' house and they have a pool and it was really late and they had had a party. So I had had a lot of alcohol at the time, which I was leaning on way too heavily at mm-hmm. that point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I decided to hold my breath underwater mm. and my mom caught me, thankfully. And, you know, I did not succeed at my plan to escape, which right. once I did that, I started working with counselors and coaches very, very heavily. And that is what inspired me that if I can share the story that I went from that to speaking on a stage in London, my dream city, to thousands of people, inspiring them and sharing my story, showing that you like stick it out. You can get through this. There are ways and you can achieve crazy things. If I can go from that to to where I am now in a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. and just thriving and living my dream life, then someone else can do it too. So if I can get trained enough to coach someone through it, which I've done, then I'm living my purpose and passion in life. This is what I was put here for. This is why I went through that struggle. And so, yes, there's absolutely some you know, the emotions are inevitable and there is definitely work that needs to be done around them. Yes. Wow. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that deep, dark moment. And, uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's a phrase that, um, that I've said for the past couple months or so, um, you know, in, 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 in times of our lives that are most dire can turn out to be moments that inspire. And, uh, and, 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 and that r- was the phrase that kind of rung in my head as you were explaining, you know, um, being over your parents' house with the pool and everything. So um, yes, yes, that's, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I want to mm-hmm. talk about, well, first off, you know, <laughs> I, I, I need you to settle something for, for me and uh, a bunch of other people. We, we've had just some friends over dinner, you know, we've had this uh, conversation and, uh, and, and it's, it's a little bit of a friendly debate. Okay. But uh, in your mind, uh, in, in your professional opinion, okay. Um, well, see, I've heard, I've heard different claims when it comes to being married versus being single. Okay. And um, 
I was wondering, what are your thoughts? Can one person who chooses to be single by choice, whether it's never married or married and divorced, um, can lead a completely secure and happy life being single? I, in my opinion, say yes, because I think it depends on the person because, because only each person knows what fulfills them, right? Yes. So you can live yes. an absolutely fulfilled life if that companionship is not what you desire. So there are all kinds of things that you can desire in this lifetime. And some people just don't have that strong desire for that companionship. And so if that's not what you desire, then absolutely you can live a completely satisfying and fulfilled life by working on yourself and taking action towards the things you mm -hmm. do desire. But I think if someone's single and they desire deep down, they desire companionship, then I, then no, I don't think they will be truly fulfilled being single the rest of their life. Yeah, I agree. And that was my, that was my argument, you know, that someone who chooses to be single and wants to be single can lead a happy life. And I have a direct case in point, and that's my sister. I have two sisters, but the older of the two, you know, she just turned 50 this year. She has been single, has her own career, has her own house. And, 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 you know, she is a very private person. So when it comes to, you know, her home and her life and her routine, she's very private, but, you know, she's social. Um, her and my mother, they go out to take trips to Vegas and, you know, and, and she has a bunch of friends where they go to shows and concerts and stuff. And she's, she's perfectly happy. She, she has no, no inclination of dating or marrying anyone, you know, and, and she's happy. And, and, and like you said, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Jennifer. It's what does that person want out of life? What matters to them? What makes them happy? Okay. For some, it's companionship. For others, you know, it's, it's companionship, but in a different form, like in a more social form or, or you know, um, um, in a more recreational form, like traveling and uh, vacations and stuff like that. So thank you for answering that. I, I appreciate it. I, I know it's not quite um, relative, I guess, to the topic that we're talking about here. But, um, but you know, um, I think happiness uh, in the uh, context of divorce, um, I, th I think happiness is, um, is um, the pursuit of um, either side, right? Once mm -hmm. this is all said and done um, and, and just having the wherewithal to, 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 to think and understand, okay, what does happiness look like for me on the other side of this, right? Yep, yeah, exactly. And as, and as the coach, you, you, you help them navigate to that. You're that beacon, that light in the darkness that, uh, that, that, that guides them towards there. So uh, thank you so much for your work. I, I have to say, I've never talked to anyone who specializes in this as, as you do. So I, I, I do appreciate you coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about your book. I'm a big fan of catchy names. Okay. <laughs> and this is a catchy name, the divorce bucket list. Um, uh, tell us what it's all about. 
Oh, okay. So I'm so excited. I actually just got my proof copy a couple days ago. Whoa. So, yeah. Nice. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's surreal. Like the whole process of writing a book, I had no clue, no clue, but what it's about. Okay. So when I was going through my divorce, you know, I, I already told you about how I was in a dark place. Well, yes. as the divorce started, I, I was doing some work on myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I still wasn't really out of the woods. I was doing a little bit of self-sabotaging behavior, you know, sure. spending a lot of time on Tinder. Mm -hmm. uh, we won't say any more there. No. And then also everyone goes through the phase. Okay, guys. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. also, you know, drinking too much, focusing mm -hmm. on, mm -hmm. you know, I got into this one relationship, which was like a complete rebound. I wouldn't even call it a relationship. Actually, right. I call it a fake relationship. So gotcha. like, <laughs> yeah, I, I pretended in my head it was a relationship, but it mm -hmm. wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I put all this focus onto this fake relationship that ended up obviously not going very well because it was a rebound. And, mm -hmm. and it was easier for me to focus on the pain of that than the pain of my divorce. Oh. So I was constantly in avoidance mode of actually facing the divorce and rebuilding through it. So yes. what happened was... Uh, a friend of mine, now, again, I had been going through a lot of coaching and counseling, and I also have a little bit of experience, well, about nine, 10 years of experience in specifically business coaching. So gotcha. there's a lot of stuff I was already bringing in, bringing into play here when mm -hmm. we sat down to talk, mm -hmm. uh, but we sat down to talk to problem solve. Jen, let's get your life back together. Mm -hmm. And we came up with this idea to create a list. It, it was a plan, create that plan of things that I could do to start healing myself, to start okay. focusing, instead of focusing over here on the bad stuff, let's right. focus here on ways that we're going to get you back on track. We're going to mm -hmm. rediscover yourself. We're going right to learn, learn forgiveness, rebuild, heal. And the goal here is there's an opportunity in front of you. Maybe you didn't want that opportunity. Maybe you didn't want it. You didn't want the divorce, or maybe you did, but you now have blank pages in front of you. You had a whole life planned out with your, your ex-spouse. That was your forever life. And unfortunately, that's over for now, at least. And so now you have all these blank pages and you are the author of them. You get to write what's on them. Mm -hmm. So we were like, let's, let's start writing it. So we use some of the stuff that I had learned over the years in my business coaching experience to come up with different categories of things to put on the list. And we started adding things, everything from doing something I was afraid of or something I wanted to do always, but never did such right. as running. I always wanted to run a race. Yeah. I've always been a runner, but I've never, I had never run a 5k. So okay, I put run a 5k mm -hmm. on my divorce bucket list. Mm -hmm. I accidentally ran a half marathon. So <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> I tripped and I, I fell. You, you tripped and fell and <laughs> there you were in a half marathon, right? <laughs> kind of. So oh. uh, I write about it more in the book, but okay. I, okay. I, I stumbled into, I accidentally did that instead. So, mm -hmm. uh, but there were also things on there like doing home improvement projects to prove to myself that I could live alone, you know, and mm -hmm. you know, the, the list goes on pun yeah, intended. Yeah. So yeah. So we create this divorce bucket list and I start going through it. I start doing the little things first and I start taking small actions and, and it's, you know, I, one of the things I had put on there and I, I have chills. One of the things that I'd put on there was take a solo trip. 
And I thought in my head when I wrote that down, like, oh, I'll just go to the beach and read a book on the beach by myself for a weekend or something. Mm -hmm. I got the opportunity to speak at a corporate event in London. And I was able to figure out a way to take my solo trip the week before that leading up to that event. And, you know, it's really about this whole book is about the whole journey from that pool Mm -hmm. that night Mm -hmm. to me standing on that stage, literally, well, not literally, figuratively putting the crown on my head, stepping back into my life, falling in love with myself again, falling in love with life again. That's where the crown comes from on the book. Yes. And did you notice the crown is made of water? No. It's made of water. You know what? Oh my goodness. Jennifer, I am a big fan of metaphors and I totally see the metaphor in that. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. So that is, that is a tremendous inspiration behind the book and it's real. I mean, you're opening yourself up to, to everyone on, on, you know, your experience through divorce and things that you really have to make yourself kind of uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. to stretch yourself and do, um, you know, that you have on, on, on the bucket list. Um, and, and, and I would imagine that the book, when reading it, let's say someone who is going through a divorce or just recently divorced is reading your book, um, I, I'm sure it's written in such a way that would inspire them to consider their bucket list, right? Yeah. So the, the cool thing here is I wrote it as kind of a hybrid. It's a hybrid of my story mixed Mm -hmm. with self-help. So there are actual challenges, exercises, things like that for people to do as they're reading along throughout the entire book so that they can kind of go through the journey with me and Mm -hmm. implement the things that I learned along the way. Beautiful, actionable, actionable, not just something you read, but places where you can take action. Man, that is so, so cool. October 14th, that's a week from tomorrow, right, Jennifer? Yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited for you too. So, so how can the listeners connect with you, learn more about the great work that you're doing and, and, and reserve or pick up a copy of your book? So the book itself is available on Amazon and other okay. retailers. Okay. You can also get more information about the book at divorcebucketlist.com. Gotcha. But as far as working together, because I do have a course coming out in the next week or so where people can take the online course for mm-hmm. their divorce bucket list. Uh, and then also obviously private coaching as well. If you want any information on that, that is at divideguide.com divideguide.com. Yes. All right. Fantastic. We're going to make sure and have direct links to your website, to Amazon, to divideguide.com in the episode show notes so that the listeners can click those to connect with you, to order a book and to learn more about your work while listening to this awesome conversation. (laughs) Uh, Jennifer, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I I, I hope we can stay in touch and I hope in the next maybe six to eight months or so, um, we can have you back on the show to uh, give us an update on how things are going with, with the book and any other projects. 
Absolutely. And seriously, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. So at this point now, I would like to go into a segment I call Three for the Road. And in Three for the Road, that's where I will ask you three random yet thought-provoking questions, encouraging you to answer in five words or less per question. So what do you say, Jen? You think you're up for it? Let's do it. All right. Fantastic. Okay. So we're going to start with Let's see, a couple of these questions, <laughs> a couple of these questions are, um, oh, by the way, none of my questions are cookie cutter, okay? They're all custom questions for my guests based off their journey, their expertise, their background, et cetera, okay? So the first couple questions I'm going to ask you <clears throat> is, um, is based off bucket lists, okay? And feel free to just share your thoughts, five words or less. All right, number one, this is a quote from a recently divorced person. You know, I think I'm going to take a cruise now because my ex hated them when we were married and we never went and I've never been on a cruise. Oh, I respond now. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Do the dang thing. Love it. With one to spare. Look at that. Do the dang thing. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so here is number two. Um, again, quoted from a recent divorcee. I've always wanted to live in the mountains, always loved hiking, but my ex hated nature. Move to the mountains now. Move to the mountains now. Great advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen, you're doing great. All right. Uh, question number three is not a bucket list item, but um, I, I want to uh, ask you if you can please give me an empowering phrase that you say to your clients that helps them thrive. You deserve more than surviving. You deserve more than surviving. And that's thriving, isn't it? Yes. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Jen, congratulations. You've made it through three for the road. Yay. I'll drink to that. <laughs> got my Gatorade. Oh, there you go. I got the Gatorade. Fantastic. Jennifer, again, it was great having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, let's please stay in touch. Absolutely, please. Thank right. you so much. Oh, absolutely. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And a quick reminder, the Rediscover Roadmap digital course is now available. Okay. This course allows you to take an introspective approach to your personal growth and self-accountability by navigating you through the four cornerstones to personal growth. That's self-awareness, humility, gratitude, and service to others. You can register or take a free visit to the course by visiting roadtorediscovery.com slash course. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash course. And more importantly, if you have a loved one or someone you know, someone you work with, a friend who seems to be going through some very dark days of despair, struggling, uh, they may seem to appear lost with 
no direction, nowhere to go, nowhere to turn, I humbly ask that you please share this show with them. Because on the road to rediscovery, there are two things we want our listeners to know. Number one, you're not alone. You're never alone. And number two, there is always hope. The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey, right? And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.